H.A. Jason here. Just want to wish you a happy birthday. Wish you many years. And um, sorry, it's a little bit late in the day. Been slammed and been kind of busy last night and this morning. But anyway, I hope all's going well. Looking forward to the future games. Really enjoying Traveler. And I hope this year brings a, a, a lot of fun, a lot of games as we get past this mess and hopefully life gets back to normal. So talk to you later on. Things he won't share with us The darkness in his brain The dungeon master's plan The pleasure and the pain What's better left unknown Keep calling out to me I hear him think out loud To die Only the great shall come My name is Che Webster, and this is the Roleplay Rescue Dungeon Master's Diary. The Roleplay Rescue Dungeon Master's Diary is the Wednesday bonus episode and features me, a microphone, and whatever gaming-related nonsense flows from my mind. This is recorded in short snippets throughout the average week and then roughly edited together to form a diary really just one man's journey in gaming, shared with you week by week. It's raw, glaringly personal, and not everyone's cup of tea. In recent weeks, with the global COVID-19 pandemic placing all UK citizens under lockdown and forcing me to work from home, I've had more time to think, and it's easier to record these thoughts than ever. Consequently, there have been several weeks now with a double bill of the Dungeon Master's Diary. I fear that it is too much for some listeners, but, well, the call-ins and the comments on social media encourage me to keep going. This past week was rough. Be warned, my mind strayed to some dark places, but it wasn't all bad, and some significant positive developments are afoot. I just hope that by sharing the dark alongside the light, even when it's painfully personal, I can offer you something from goodness, really. Thanks for listening. Game on. H A Jason here. Um, I, I don't, you may want to keep this for yourself. You may not. I'm not trying to be negative. I wonder if you would get a better response. I'm talking about like Harn and Mysteria, the known world. When you use the proper names like that, and and this is just me in my ignorance responding, but and and having seen what happened on the Discord. But when you use the proper names, that brings a connotation with it, right? And expectations. Where if you said, hey, I'm going to do my fantasy world and I'd like to use the map of Harn. Or I'd like to use the map of, you know, the known world. What do people think about that? Then that's different than saying, let's play in the known world. You, you know what I mean? And you can still incorporate the elements you like, but that wouldn't bring as much with it. We're just saying, I'm going to, you know, play in Harn, but my own version of it. By the way, I'm 100% with you. I, there's, I don't know if there's anything that I would use 100% of the canon with, to be honest. You always want to tweak it a little bit to make it work better for your game. So I, I totally understand that desire and am not criticizing it at all. So just want to make sure I was clear on that. Take care. Hey, up Shay. Shandy Andy here. I'm just replying into your... Um part one of, I think it was, of your latest GM journal about um, settings. 
Um, I'm not really aware that there's any resistance to using a setting and then putting your own law um, and your own ideas in. Um, you know, maybe I've just not come across that. But certainly I know people who have uh, done done that to some extent. But it certainly wouldn't be for me, I must admit, because my, my, my point would be... Um, particularly with reference to sort of the Wilderlands and Glorantha, which are two game settings that I use in my own campaigns, why would you just use the setting maps and then not use all the canon and lore involved in that? From my personal point of view, if I wasn't going to use all the, you know, the background information that came with a setting, I'd just use my own setting, which, you know, I've been developing for 40 years. And I've kind of assumed that most GMs have got their own setting, which they do for that. But maybe that's just, you know, a mistaken uh, outlook for, for myself there. Um, I can perhaps, maybe it's because some people don't like creating maps, I guess. But I mean, I, I love creating maps. And whilst I, I'm not claiming I can create anything of the quality of Han or even Rob Connolly's latest wilderness maps, it's something I enjoy doing. And they're pretty serviceable when I knock them out, I think, uh, at least now they are. Um, so I don't know, maybe I've got the wrong end of the stick on what you were saying about uh, uh, settings, but for me, um, you know, yeah, use those maps and just develop uh, whatever ideas come to you. I think one of the sort of advantages of saying that you're putting a particular campaign in a setting is it will attract um, certain players as well. I mean, I know I'm the only person in the RPG community who likes labels, but the fact I've labelled my campaign as OSE Wilderlands, people know exactly, you know, what to expect, I guess, or, or not everyone, but I've certainly got two players, I think, who have come on board just due to the fact it's Wilderlands, Paul and Julian, um, you know, because it's it's a nostalgia thing in some ways, yeah, maybe, um, but I, I, I think the fact that it's in the Wilderlands, they know what they're going to get, it's a science fantasy uh, world and it's sort of uh, you know high fantasy at the end of the day, but in a bleak and sparsely populated world. Um, I don't know. Does that help? Jason from Nerds RPG Variety Cast and Shandy Andy from Unguarded Treasure, or should it be Unguarded Trevor? <laughs> uh, thanks, guys, so much for calling in and sharing your thoughts. Um, Jason, absolutely. Uh, thank you for the birthday wishes too. I, I really appreciate that, and I share them very belatedly, but never mind. Andy, it's interesting what you say. Um, why wouldn't you use all the law? Um, and I hear you, and I, I appreciate what you're saying because I think that um, you know I, I'm in a better place than I was uh, first, kind of approaching this again. Um, but uh, I want to share a call from Josh Beckelheimer. Because answering that question, why wouldn't you use all the law? I think Josh and I understand each other in a way that perhaps um, it's easy to miss. So here's what, what Josh had to say. Hey, Josh Beckelheimer here. So I have an issue with running the um, published campaign settings as well. Like you were saying about you must feel like you have to know everything all the lore, all of it. It's pretty much the same reason that I feel that I can't really run published modules. I feel like I gotta know everything about it. And um, and another fear is, what if I know 
a good a bit amount about that setting and just enough for me to run a game in it then the other fear is what if my players actually know the campaign setting more than I do like then there comes that fear of I'm doing it wrong and they just don't I guess kind of like respect me as the DM in this campaign setting that they love and that they know more about than I do so there's also that but um what I have done before with my daughter is um when I got swords and wizardry light it came in a folder and on the back of the folder was this map of part of the uh, I think it's called the lost lands I think that's forgotten not forgotten realms good lord frog god games um campaign setting for their swords and wizardry games but what I did with that is I just had my daughter tell me where she wants to start the game and then we just made it up we used the map we used the names and we just went with it and um I kind of wish I could do that with like say Forgotten Realms take that gigantic map and point at it hey we're gonna play here and um we're just gonna you know do some world collaboration and just you know make this map our own game and not using any of the lore whatsoever josh beckelheimer from jd publishing and you hit the nail right on the head there for me josh that has been my fear in returning to han and mistara and other worlds as you're going to hear i've I kind of made a decision this week but um yeah that fear you talked about of like I won't know it and I'll have a player in the group who does know it and they're going to think that I'm some kind of bad, you know, referee, bad game master. Uh, Yeah, that's the fear, isn't it? That's at the heart of it. And um, I guess I have to set that aside, but uh, it is a tough, tough thing, the anxiety that I feel. Um, But thank you for calling that in and saying it and calling it out because I think we need to be honest about these things. That actually being the dungeon master isn't that easy. And that actually, whatever world you run, you're going to feel doubt and you're going to feel anxiety. Thank you, Josh. Thanks also to Shani Andy and to Jason. And let's get into the diary. It's Sunday morning, and um, before I dive headlong into the chores, I just thought I would record a few thoughts I'd had. Um, So this might seem very unrelated to gaming, but I've been reading Gary Chapman's Five Love Languages, and um, it's a book about, you know, how to create lasting relationships, really. Um, Nothing particularly wrong with my marriage or anything, but I was just reading because I like reading stuff, and um, it's one of the best books on the subject I've ever read, a short read, good you know, he is uh, coming from a Christian background and that's quite explicit in a couple of places, but most of it is, to be honest with you, the work of an anthropologist uh, and psychologist. So, you know, very good. Anyway, um, what I realised is, and why this might be relevant, is because, uh, of course, my own kind of ways in which I, um, my emotional needs, if you like, and the way in which I feel loved by my partner and by others, and that is, of course, uh, for me, there are sort of my primary um, language is the 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 um, language of quality time. Um, and obviously, for me, it's expressed in you know, doing things that I enjoy doing with me f- to be with me. Um, and my secondary is uh, words of affirmation. Um, 
you know, and I found that uh, where this is relevant is first of all, the first step in my thought was, you know, this is why I'm podcasting, isn't it? Because I was terrified, actually, of rejection. But um, the more that people call in and the more that people kind of affirm what I'm doing and what I'm saying and the questions I'm asking, the more encouraged I feel to keep going. And, And so for that, I wanted to say thank you, because it does make me feel very much appreciated to have those um, those calls. But more important than that, and, and as a GM, um, what I realised is the quality time thing. Um, so because I believe <clears throat> and I experience love most strongly through people spending time with me, doing the things that you know I enjoy and, and taking an interest in me as a person, which comes from deep years of not having that from my family really the only connection I had really with my my father in terms of quality time was when he would war game with me and I was interested and it was his interest so we that kind of collided and that's the one thing that's kept us in in relationship you know growing up but anyway um what I realized is that uh I've been spending most of my entire adult gaming life kind of trying to reach out to people and um realizing that people don't really want to necessarily play the games that I want to play and the, the settings are certainly that I want to play but but actually believing that if I if I was to to sort of provide for others the the things that they're interested in that that obviously would make them feel appreciated and um what I realize is of course that not everybody speaks that same language uh, in fact for most other people you know there are, there are four other different ways in which broadly speaking people experience love um affirmation service um we've got touch you know physical touch and we've also got um gift giving which um you know all of which are very valid you know emotional ways of delivering and um, helping someone with an emotional need that they have and helping them feel loved i guess that um the problem is, of course, that uh, what I've really been craving all of these years is someone just to really genuinely, or a group of players, I suppose, or a group of gamers, really to want to do the things that I want to do. Um, and so these two thoughts are what's behind this feeling I had of being narcissistic in what I expect from others. Again, that's combined with the many years of being told by family and parents, you know, growing up, that you don't put yourself first, that you don't blow your own trumpet, that you don't you know, say what it is you want, you don't be demanding, you know, all those kinds of things. So it's just an interesting thought to think that maybe my flakiness in GMing comes from, you know, trying to give other people what they want, um, but I can never sustain that because it's not what I am truly interested in, you know. And maybe if I was to run the game, play the game I really wanted to play, uh, I could sustain it. And secondly, if I could find players who would want to you know, join in that game, whether it is out of an act of, of love, you know, to, to do that, which you're not necessarily in, totally enamoured with, but because you care about the person you're doing it with, or whether it was just because I just happened to collide with people who have those interests, that would be really beneficial to me. And of course, that's what I've discovered through GURPS, um, the first pillar of gaming. I'm really looking at three pillars of gaming, um, in my mind, as being the rules, the world, and the structure. And... Um, I find, uh, you know, I've found some people like-minded kindred spirits in terms of interesting GURPS as a rule system. I've found people even that have that old-school feel and like the, the going back to the pillars, you know, um, 
of structure in terms of you know mega dungeons, wilderness travel, mystery, those classic things. What I haven't yet found is uh, necessarily like-minded people who share a desire for world. And while I've been casting around and thinking maybe it was the world I needed to create for myself in homebrew, the truth is that um, I actually want to go and explore other worlds. Uh, and that's why I've been talking about Han and Mistara and you know all the other i want to go to middle earth i want to and you know in, in science fiction i want to travel the traveler universe i want to do star trek i want to you know explore the star wars uniform first actually if i'm honest um i don't want to play um those latter ones by the way like films and movies i just want to explore the universe you know that's what i want to do and uh it kind of all clicked for me, so I don't know. It's a bit of a weird, rambly, personal thing, but uh, this is my diary. I guess I get to do that, right? And uh, hmm, hopefully it's not too narcissistic. <laughs> oh, well. Thanks for listening, guys. Hi, it's um, Wednesday morning, and, um, well, it's been a tough few days, Um not so much for me in terms of, you know, I'm, I'm locked in, you know, I'm at home. And yesterday I had to do a quick run, uh, literally about 100, 100 yards or so up the road um, to the um, greengrocer to buy a few vegetable bits. Um, we're very fortunate in that regard. And this morning I had to go to Tesco for basics like bread and, you know, a few bits and pieces. Um, but uh, it's been really tough because there is struggling a great deal um i don't know if you know she works in the hospital she's in charge of materials so she's you know in charge of supplies of all the things that aren't pharmaceuticals but if it's not a pharmaceutical you name it and they need it in the hospital that's her job and obviously right now the situation there is just awful and um yeah we've had some some uh psychologically difficult moments let's put it that way and so it's quite difficult and I've been feeling much more demotivated. Uh, so I've been trying to go out. I've just come back from one of my morning walks. I went to Tesco. I dropped off the stuff. And then I kind of went and, you know, just did 15 minutes or so of exercise on top of the uh, 15, 20 minutes it took me to go there and back. Trying to limit my time out there. But um, get some exercise too. So on the positive side, like yesterday I uh, managed to do some prep on the Monster Hunter UK game, um, which is coming up on Saturday. Um, and I've been flailing around with this because I, uh, oh, I don't know what tools to use online, really. Um, traditionally, I would use Fantasy Grounds and TeamSpeak. Um, and that's fine. But we try, I'm sort of wanting to move to Fantasy Grounds Unity because that's now in beta. And some of the guys are into that. But um, obviously, any kind of change to a new platform, um, there's a little bit of resistance there as well partly because of um, external reaction, but mostly because of internal change. Um, a good thing, I guess on, I think it was Monday night, I sat down, I went online, I, I actually just opened up my Roll20 account, and I've been gone and had a look there, because part of the external resistance is players who don't have Fantasy Grounds, kind of, you know, not necessarily wanting to get the app and, and learn the game, or the, the engine, sorry. But, um... I went to Roll20 and I have to say, as uh, far as I'm concerned, it's more complicated than Fantasy Grounds. It's just an absolute mess. And yes, I know that if I put some time into it, I can learn it. But I don't know. I'm pretty demotivated about the whole thing, to be honest with you. Um, 
but hey, you know, I'll soldier on. I'll try and do what I can. Um, I, you know, it'd take me an hour and a half to put a background and put a hex map over it um, and align it properly. Um, something that basically I would just kind of select hex and drag the scale of hex over, you know, I want on the map to the size of a hex that, you know, that's how we go on it. And it would just overlay it on front of and it'd take about two seconds. It took literally an hour and a half to figure out how to do that on roll 20. And even then it wasn't right. So you have to sit there working out how many pixels you want the map to be and how many pixels across the hex is going to be. And, uh, you know, that's just maths. And as far as I'm concerned, far too much bloody effort. So while it might be free at the level I'm using it at, um, no, I'm not impressed. Anyway, that's me bitching and moaning. I'm sorry if you're a fan. Um, so, yeah, I was actually angling perhaps to go back to real basic stuff. I've been on Friday nights, I've been playing just using Google Hangouts, and um, Ian, me, and uh, Andy have just been using that and, you know, trusting each other with dice rolls, having a couch sheet in front of us. So, I can see that being a thing I do um, simply because it's, it's, you know, it's simple. Um, and uh, there you go. You know, I don't really need a battle map per se. I, I do kind of want to show. I think I do want to kind of show an image of the area, especially as one of my players certainly is incredibly visual and finds it incredibly difficult to visualize anything if he doesn't have a picture in terms of layout. So I've got to be mindful of that. Um, what else? Oh, yeah. And then like yesterday, uh, I found some time yesterday. I've, I've On Monday, I'd validated or gone through and done some validation of the characters. So they'd all sort of had a go at creating a character and then sent me in their stuff. And I don't think there was a single sheet that I didn't, you know, find an error on or challenge or question because I didn't understand something. So, you know, I guess that's a thing. In the past, I've tended to not do this, you know, like uh, you'd have someone roll up a character and you just roll with it. But there's two things. One is that GURPS being what it is uh, and all of the various choices that you have uh, and with new players, you know, we're using the templates from Monster Hunters. And so it's kind of important to look through. But the second thing was just this advice I'd had from Sean Punch and which you'll find in GURPS, which I think is probably good advice generally, which is get familiar with the characters. Um, I think I, I came across this as well in the Lazy Dungeon Master. It's one of the best bits of advice in the Lazy Dungeon Master, you know, the tiny amount of useful stuff that's in there as it is, um, is this thing, you know, remind yourself of the characters every session. Who, who have you got? What are the characters? What are their capabilities? So that, you know, really you can you can make sure that people you know what people can and can't do um, in terms of their abilities so I think more importantly not so much what they can't do because as far as I'm concerned a character can have a go at pretty much anything apart from things that they just have no knowledge of at all like nuclear physics um, but actually it's what they can do is their capabilities I think being aware of that I've slipped, slipped up a number of times in my GMing career when you know, you get into what you think is going to be a really tough situation. Often this is a combat scene, let's be fair. Um, but, uh, you know, you, you think it's going to be really tough and you've forgotten about some ability that the player the characters have or you've just um, not really remembered that there was a combo a player used in the past that, you know, they kind of, <laughs> if they use again, they, uh, you know, they can kind of, um, surprise you and, and that's not only a problem for me it's not a problem in terms of you know some people get upset about uh, sidestepping their encounter I don't have that issue if they sort something really quickly and deal with the monsters or whatever really really quickly that's fine by me um, what I have a problem with is have I prepped enough you know so if I know that um, 
characters are likely to blast through something quite quickly, then I'll I'll know that that thing isn't going to be much of a speed bump for them in terms of challenge. You know, um, if I uh, and obviously this goes both ways. If you're not very familiar with the characters, often you can th- put things in front of them that you think are pretty straightforward, and they struggle with more than you expected. Um, and and I think that's important, especially if you're writing games, you know, less abstract games, more kind of concrete games where, as I like, where, you know, character ability is somewhat defined or heavily defined even, um, depending on, on your taste. I'm pretty fast and loose um, in a lot of ways with what abilities and skills and stuff like that in GURPS can be used for. Uh, I don't see much point in being particularly harsh but they are on the nonetheless they are defined areas of expertise which you know gives everybody their thing that they can do their niche in monster hunters this is especially important you know as the templates are kind of archetypal you know character stereotypes you know like the geek and the muscle and the gunman and things like that so yeah anyway i feel like i'm wittering and I don't know if this is any interest to anybody out. In fact, to be honest with you, I just don't even know why um, I do this. But um, I'm sure someone will call in and remind me that they like listening to my ramblings and that'll pick me up again. And I'm sure a big part of it is just that I'm in a very low mood. And um, so, yeah, I would just stick a disclaimer on this. You know, anything I said in this particular segment may not actually be what I think tomorrow. <laughs> 